How you doing out there, everybody? Welcome to our live stream. Uh, we are in our studios at First Star Logistics. Um, this is in the trenches, and this is our live stream where we get feedback from you. Uh, and I'm sure you have a lot to say. <laughs> it's it's uh, everybody's in recovery mode. The emotional scars are still deep from the uh, from the loss in the AFC Championship game to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bengals had opportunities to win that football game obviously came up a little bit short um three seconds to play a 45 yard field goal beats the bengals so four games against the kansas city chiefs the last four games the bengals won three of them every single one of them has ended with a field goal being the difference in the football game uh and this game had its good moments had its bad moments just like all of them do um I think what we have to do is look at the big picture. The 10 game winning streak was snapped with this loss to the Kansas city chiefs, 10 games in a row franchise record. And like I've talked about many times, it's the fact it was 10 in a row is impressive, but when it happened is even more impressive at the end of the season, as teams are trying to vie for playoff positions, um, you're, you're playing quality opponents. Everybody before the uh, season started, when they saw the Bengals schedule, oh man, the second half of the season, oh, that's going to be brutal. Will, will they be in position to get anything done? Because they're not going to be able to handle that second half schedule. Oh, they won 10 in a row. They handled them all. It's amazing. Um, you know, including the playoff wins that they, they did get before the Kansas City Chiefs ended the season uh, in Kansas City. So they go to the Super Bowl playing in the Philadelphia Eagles. That will be a, a challenge. In my opinion, the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team in the NFL in the trenches. Their offensive and defensive lines are extraordinary. Chief, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, 75 sacks, counting the regular season playoffs. Ele uh, four different players with 11 or more sacks. Four different guys. Maybe the Chiefs will be challenged. We'll see. We'll see. See if the AC can pull it off or not. Let's see what you guys are talking about. Now that we're in off season mode, a little bit earlier than everybody thought we might be, unfortunately. And it does. It's like you're going along, you win in 10 in a row. And then when you lose, man, it's free fall. It's off a cliff. Here we go. When's when are we going to hit ground again? All right. Yash, our favorite, our favorite guy from London. Yeah. Yeah. Yash from London. Who day from London rest be robbing us again. <laughs> Not the best performance, but we'll be back. Need secondary, some old line depth, and a bit of pass rush. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the uh, how the team is going to be put together. It, one thing we do know, it's not going to be the same. Uh, it wasn't – this year's team was different than last year's team that went to the Super Bowl and lost. So next year's team will be different than this year's team, and will the coaching staff be the same? You know, you have coordinators. Once you have success – Everybody wants a little piece of that success, and you have coordinators interviewing for head coaching jobs. Brian Callahan and Lou Anarumo are two of the candidates, uh, both vying for the head coaching position with the Arizona Cardinals. And Brian Callahan's in the second interview with the Indianapolis Colts. So will the, will the coaching staff be intact? Uh, certainly not the entire roster from a player standpoint. That will not be intact. There'll be, there'll be changes there. There'll be, there'll be shifts there. And, and, Yash, I agree with you. Uh, the referees did not have a great day, in my opinion. Human error was plentiful in that football game. They missed 
calls. Um, and you know, the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm sure they're complaining about the touchdown that was taken off the board because of holding called in their offensive tackle. Remember that? They had a touchdown taken off the board. So, you know, there there was uh four points that they didn't uh they didn't accumulate right there. So uh, you know, they, they can complain about that. Oh, was that enough of a call, a holding call? Well, I saw holding calls. I saw, I saw blocking there where holding was worse, honestly, than that call that wasn't called um, on Patrick Mahomes's scramble that Osai hits him out of bounds. Orlando Brown is choke holding Trey Hendrickson. I mean, choke holding him. If, if, in my mind, if, if it's impeding his progress, it's holding. That was definitely impeding the progress. So you you can you can dissect and and uh and, and go through play after play after play after play. Bottom line is you cannot put yourself in a position or a situation where officiating mistakes are gonna cost you a football game, or you're hoping a call will win you a football game. You have to go out and win the football game on your own. But it was frustrating. Uh, to watch the officials. And while we're talking about officials, let me throw an idea out there and see what you guys think. And I'd like to get your reaction and opinions on it. To me, the way the NFL decides on the officiating crews for the playoffs, it, it, I don't think it's the best, the best solution. They want to reward the officials for a job well done. And I can understand that, but they, they break the crews up. So, the referee that has the highest grade is the referee for the game. The umpire that has the highest grade may come from another officiating crew, but he has moved to the officiating crew for the playoffs. Uh, same thing with the field judge, the side judge, the back judge, all of them. So now you're re you're shuffling all the officiating crews and the guys that work together through the preseason and the regular season, all that time that studied tape together as a team, as an official officiating team and said, you know, if they line up in this formation, they do this, this is how we're going to handle it. I'll have my eyes here. You have your eyes there. You help me here. You help me there. All of that goes by the boards, all that work in the, in the preseason and regular season, because they have all-star officiating crews for the playoffs. And I understand the reasoning behind it, the thought process, but it's just, it's, it's a, uh, it's a little bit disjointed in my opinion, you know? So let that happen for the Pro Bowl. There's no real football game left. It's flag football. Let them go out there, enjoy Hawaii or or uh, Las Vegas or wherever they're going to have their Pro Bowls from now on. And let let the officials reward them for, oh, that you guys were the best at your respective uh, officials position group. You're going to reap the benefits of going out there, having fun and doing that game. But for the playoffs in the Super Bowl, have the officiating crew that graded out the highest as an entire crew do the Super Bowl. Have the officiating crews that graded out as the number two or in three doing the uh, conference championship games. And then right down the board, number three officiating crews, you know, doing the divisional playoff games. Number four, doing the wild card games. Have the same, have the crews together intact and reward the entire crew for grading that high, not just individually, which crew as a, as a, as a team had the highest grade and let them officiate through the playoffs and may, maybe repeat, let them repeat a game, let them repeat all the way to the Super Bowl. maybe, maybe grade them again. All right. Well, all the, all the crews degraded, uh, that, that officiated 
in the wild card round, who graded the best? Those three advanced, you know, to the to the next round, or these two advanced to the following round. You know, make it incentivized like that based on performance as an entire officiating crew, not an all-star crew that is disjointed and haven't worked together. It just it's it it defies the team concept. It's like these games are the most important games. The best teams advance to these most important games. Why can't the best officiating team advance to the most important games? That's what makes sense to me. I'd like to hear what you guys think about that. Again, we, we our, our guys from England are strong. Yeah. Between Yash and John Storr, John has high day from Newcastle, England. The Bengals had a great year. My highlight was I finally got to Cincinnati to see them via Atlanta. Any highlights you could share from your thoughts on the season? Well, you know, my, my thoughts, a big highlight, and we've been talking about it a lot here uh, with, with podcasts, and I've been talking about it a lot on the air and uh, radio, uh, doing other um, media responsibilities. The thing about this football team that was special to me was the intangible of team. These guys loved each other. These guys respected each other's abilities. Uh, these these guys played for each other. Uh, they 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 love spending time together. They'd stay extra hours and meet individually uh, by position groups to advance beyond just the game plan that was installed. What if this happens? Here's how we're going to handle that. All the defensive backs would get together. All the linebackers would get together. The offensive line would get together and do this on their own, spending more time together playing ping pong, playing pool, whatever, whatever it is. These guys wanted to be around each other. Let's all go out to dinner with our wives. Everybody goes. Let's all go to so-and-so's house after this game. Everybody goes. It was just the bond of the football team, I think, was very, very unique and very, very special. So um, there were a lot of highlights during the course of the, of the uh, season in terms of, you know, big plays and tur- turnovers that a uh, takeaways at a very opportune time and, you know, explosive plays, things of that nature. But the thing that I'll remember most about this football team is the feeling that they had for each other. And when they were in the house, like, I love you, man. I'm not going to let you down. I'm not going to be the one to screw this up. Um, I just just think the bond that these guys established was extremely strong, uh, extremely rare, and uh, something that's going to have a carryover effect because there's going to be a high percentage of these guys are going to be back next year. And they're going to pick up right where they left off in terms of making sure that that team chemistry is is as good as it was this season, and that'll take you a long way because that that helps you overcome injuries uh, to key players. It helps you overcome a lot of things, and I thought this football team was as strong in that regard as I've seen in quite a while. We'll see. It's sad in that way, but what a great time to be a Bengals fan. Yeah, there's no doubt. It is sad that uh, that if a 15 yard, you know, penalty, uh, late hit out of bounds to a, on a, on a quarterback made a 60 yard field goal attempt a 45 yard field goal attempt. And you know, that's a horse of a different color. So I was fully anticipating, anticipating overtime. I'll be honest with you. And, and I, I think two things on, on back-to-back plays, you know, um, Chrisman punts the ball away and he mishits the punt trying to kick it out of bounds left. It goes off the side of his foot down the middle of the football field with no hang time. It gives an opportunity for a return during the course of the return. The gunner Stanley Morgan is blocked in the back 
and there's a legal block there that's not called. So, you know, off off you go. Good field position. And then during the course of the uh, the scramble by Mahomes, that Osai hits him late. Orlando Brown's holding. <laughs> you know, so it's like it, th- things just did not go well. It wasn't just one thing by Joseph Osai. There were a lot of things that uh, that that. <laughs> didn't line up the stars didn't align in that final uh the last minute of the football game for the Cincinnati Bengals there is no question about it but during the course of the game you can find probably 20 plays if this happens instead if this goes another way instead of the way it went the outcome of the game's different you can find 20 of those out of the 65 to 70 plays and that's the way it is in one score games so um unfortunately it came down to – I'm sure the league is not pleased about the fact that that the, the penalty – a penalty had such a big influence on the outcome of a football game as late in the game. If that happened in the first or second quarter, wouldn't be that big of a deal. But for that to happen when it happened, I mean, it is – it's a focal point. It's a highlight. It's, a, it's what everybody's talking about. I don't think the league necessarily likes that. I think the other thing, too – is um, to me the the inconsistency of calls uh, is is a is a problem. You get to the playoffs because I'm sure the league says, "Look, we don't want there to be 25 penalties called in this game." During a, 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 there's only all the eyeballs are on this one game. There were two games played today: the AFC and NFC champ, uh, conference championship games. So. We don't want it to be a flag fest. So think twice before you throw a penalty flag. And I'm sure the league tells them that. So now the officials are like, boy, is that egregious enough to throw the flag? Uh, I'm not sure if that cuts the mustard. I'd call it holding for a regular season game, but I'm not sure if I should call it. You can't have all that crap in your head. You really can't. You have to go out there and officiate it with a clear mind. And I, and I, think, I think that's a little bit of an issue. Also, instant replay. Use it on every stupid snap if you have to. You're not worried about, oh, this if this game goes three hours and 20 minutes instead of three hours and 10, we're messing up the kickoff on the doubleheader. There is no kickoff on a doubleheader. So you get into the playoffs, and these games are so important, use instant re- replay as much as you need to to make sure that the calls are correct. You know, don't, don't leave anything to chance. You know, you have a tool. Use it to the utmost. Oh, don't, oh, yeah, that's, I don't know. Use it. Use the replay. Make sure the things are done properly. And let the officials officiate. And, uh, you know, maybe there would have been more calls made uh, that, that weren't made. And some of them might have gone against the Bengals. But I, don't, I know the Bengals would have gotten, Joe Burrow was roughed. Joe Burrow, that should have been a 15-yard penalty when he gets smacked. After the ball's out, it's long gone. He gets crushed, ends up doing a backward somersault, gets to his feet, looks at the official like, are you kidding me? He raises his hands like, you're not calling that? And then they make other calls. It's like, again, the inconsistency of things, you know, as a, as a, as a league, stay out of the officials' heads. Let them officiate, uh, you know. I know like Marv Levy famously said, you overly officious jerk, and I know the league doesn't want – games to be slowed down with penalties and all that sort of thing. But I think the way that it's being handled now, I think, I think the product is suffering. 
it's suffering because guys are a little gun shy. You know, is replay going to over overrule me? Am I going to look bad when we go to instant replay? Use instant replay. Let guys throw their flags, and then if instant replay overturns it, so be it. I don't know. And 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 let the best officiating teams officiate the 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 biggest games. If they were the best teams all season long, reward them as a team, not just the referee in one and the umpire in another and the side judge in this one and the back judge in that one, and they haven't worked together all year. What kind of sense does that make? Les Hernandez, good day to you, Lap and Dave. What a letdown, but we finished on the same note as last year. Can this team ever get the O-line right? Uh, they had it right, but it got beaten up, unfortunately. I think the O-line was playing pretty well you know, for two thirds of the season on the, on the, uh, 10 game winning streak. I think the old line was playing at a very, uh, very efficient level. You ended up losing three or five starters as an offensive line. There's not a whole lot of old lines in the NFL that can sustain, uh, a level of excellence when you lose three out of your five starters. Um, so, but you know, amazingly enough, you look at what they did in Buffalo with three of the five starters lost. They performed very, very well. They handled the Buffalo Bills at the line of scrimmage. In the trenches, they beat up the Buffalo Bills, offensive line and defensive line. In this football game, Kansas City had the upper hand uh, in the trenches. There's no two ways about it. So, um, you know, hats off hats off to them. I was worried about the interior of the, of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs offensive line taking over in the running game, and the Bengals stuffed the run of the Chiefs, 20, 42 yards on 20 carries. But a guy named Patrick Mahomes showed that he is mentally and physically tough, and he is one hellacious talent. His arm talent is off the charts. I mean, <laughs> he, he, he is a freak with the way he can throw the football and, and how he can throw the football. Ken Hammock has a couple comments. So we're sure, basically the first one we're not going to show. Sure have a lot to build on. If we do lose coaches, do we promote in-house or go hire new people? That's the million-dollar question. Um, I, I would think they, they extended uh, – they gave Dan Pitcher a new contract, and uh, he was getting interest from other teams around the league uh, as a potential coordinator candidate to interview. And they, they gave Dan Pitcher, the quarterback coach, a new contract. A couple of uh, – not this – was it this past weekend? It might have been. I'm losing track of time now. It might have been this past weekend even. Um, and and he wanted to stay with Joe Burrow as a, as a quarterback coach. Now, Dan Pitcher, if in fact Bill Callahan moves on, if Dan Pitcher was going to be interviewed by other teams as an offensive coordinator candidate, I'm sure that he's on Zach Taylor's list as an offensive coordinator candidate uh, to be interviewed by the Cincinnati Bengals and promote from within. Um, you know, wide receiver coach. Walters does a good job. I mean, he, he's he's getting interviews. Uh, supposedly, some teams are interested in interviewing him. There, there's another candidate. So there are in-house candidates. You don't know what's available uh, outside in the league as well. But I will tell you this. Every head coach and general manager in the National Football League has a list of candidates. If their offensive coordinator moves on, who are my top five guys? Defensive coordinator moves on. Who are my top five guys? Everybody has lists. They don't get caught shocked by this, particularly if they're on a good stretch and they're on a good streak and their teams are winning. That that's that's a byproduct of winning. Um, there, there's good <laughs> there's good 
a lot of good to winning, obviously, and there are some problems that arise because of winning, and that's because everybody wants a piece of that winning program and, and see if they can catch fire uh, with that particular coach in their organization doing things the way the Cincinnati Bengals do it. Problem is, if you don't have the quarterback like Joe Burrow, you're talking apples and oranges. It's, you know, you, uh, you, you're, not, you're not signing a magician. I mean, there's, there's a lot of factors. There's environmental factors. There's player factors in, in terms of coaches having success. There's a ton of factors, just like players. If you extrapolate a player from one team to another, it's a totally different dynamic. He's playing, if it's an offensive line, he's playing between two different people than he was with the other organization. That might be a big factor. A different offensive line coach than he had. There's all kinds of things. Just because one a guy's having success one place doesn't necessarily mean he's going to have it in another. But the opposite is true as well. Some guys are so great, no matter where they are, or what they're with, or who they're doing it uh, around, they're going to be stars. They're going to be great players and great coaches. So everybody has their lists. Um, and we'll see. We'll see how it unfolds. If, in fact, these uh, coaches do move on. Brian Callahan may not move on. Um, then, you know, Dan Pitcher stays as the quarterback coach. And that dynamic, Dan Pitcher, Brian Callahan, Joe Burrow, that trio, Zach Taylor, that, that foursome, take that. Any team in the league would take that based on the production they've had the last couple of years. That foursome is as strong as there is in the league. So, and then if Lou Anarumo uh, uh, moves on, doesn't move on, they they still have their guy, and uh, and and they'll they'll build and make adjustments and, and new new um, uh, structure to their defense and alignments and all that sort of thing. They'll tweak it just like they do every year. But if Lou Anarumo moves on, who is the number one interior or with the organization candidate to move up to coordinator, or will there be candidates from the outside? I, I do know one thing. I mean, you, you, as a coordinator or a coach in the league, when you get interviewed, even, okay, well, would you go to Arizona? Man, that's a mess. Their quarterback, he's a, he's a different sort. He's a different cat. I don't know if I'd, I don't think he'll ever pan out to the level of Joe Burrow. He might be a great athlete, but he's a different guy personality-wise, this and that. You get an opportunity to be a head coach in the NFL, that's what you're coaching for. That's, that's what you strive for. Uh, very rarely do you have a guy turn down the job when it's offered to him to stay as a coordinator somewhere else because you may never get an opportunity again. You know, they may say he had the head coaching job and he said, no, I don't want him. I'm not going to interview him. I mean, so if if uh, if one of these coordinators gets offered a job, I think they're not going to say, eh, I don't think I'm going to take that job. I'm going to stay in Cincinnati. A coordinator job in Cincinnati is better than the head coaching job here. If you think that's the case, why would you interview? If you're interviewing, you have interest. There's mutual interest. So we'll see. The only way the coordinators would stay is if they end up not getting those jobs that they've interviewed for. Got to put this up, David Perry. Enough of Burrowhead. It's Joe Cor Stadium. <laughs> Contract Joey B is going to get. Yeah, I, I can see I can see uh, uh, a lot of teams saying pay core. It's payback. It's not pay core. It's payback. We're going to go to pay core and pay the Bengals back. We're going to knock them around and pay it back. There's you know there's a bunch of stuff. Bottom line is if the Bengals had won the game, everybody'd be like, man, that was that's awesome. 
you should go into the game confident. You should go into the game feeling good about the game. You should go into the game uh, saying that, you know, Joe Burrow should win the game. Now the mayor saying that you should do paternity tests to see if Joe Burrow is, is Mahomes' daddy. Come on now. Come on, mayor. You know, <laughs> uh, there's taking things a little bit too far. And, and uh, I'll tell you, for, for Kelsey to make mention of that, on the stage as he's holding the AFC Championship trophy in the celebration in, at uh, Arrowhead after that uh, football game, the mayor's comments, they, they rang loudly out there in Kansas City. There's no question about it. Yeah, Travis is not afraid to say what he wants. I've known Travis since high school days, and then he played at UC. He's not afraid to express his feelings. Yeah, well, you know, um, it, again, to the victor goes to spoils. How about the Kelsey boys going against each other in the Super Bowl? Uh, they're both probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. They're both uh, multiple-time Pro Bowl players, all pro players. How about that family having uh, having two sons in the Super Bowl going at each other? And then Andy Reid. Andy Reid had great success. He won a Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles, and here he is with the Kansas City Chiefs against his former team. Some great storylines. That's probably why the league decided to uh, – have the officials make some of the calls they made, and they didn't want the Bengals interrupting some of those storylines uh, uh, for Super Bowl for two weeks that the media were going to have fun with. They're, they're, uh, how about that for a little bit of a uh, <laughs> conspiracy theory? Yeah, I, I didn't post this. Uh, you know, someone asking to spill the beans about the NFL being rigged, but yeah, it's they, not rigged. It's, it's, it's not rigged. But I, I, I do think, I do think that uh, you know some of the suggestions they make get carried too far. Let's put it that way. Uh, TJ says, basically, he, he says, I guess I'm glad that no one on our team pulled a Joey Bosa. Yeah, right. Throwing their helmet and all that sort of thing. But uh, he paid for it. Yeah, he paid for it big time. He paid for it big time. And, and I agree with everybody. Um, you know, Joseph Asai, that kid is a class act. He is an intelligent kid. His, um, his family is um, has overcome adversity uh, for multiple generations. I mean, he is, he is a special kid, extremely intelligent and, and diligent in his work. And man, it, I, it's so unfortunate because, uh, you know, he did, he did just lost track of where he was in the football field. There's a little bit of lack of awareness of where, where he was in the field. Cause he was, he was hustling and making a play and it happens. It happens. And, uh, you just have to move on. It's very unfortunate. Another one of our regulars, Dolores, is agreeing with you about all the refs and how it should not should be an all-star crew. And uh, basically, it, uh, you know, they haven't been together. You tend to see the problems we saw. And I, I totally agree with what you've had to say, Dave. Yeah, I mean, I think I, – I'm not saying it's going to be every snap. I mean, crews can – but it, certain things, it's just when you're, you're comfortable when you're working with the same people that you've worked with for 20 weeks. 18 regular season games, two preseason games. Now, okay, you're looking at a different guy. Where is he positioning himself on the field? What's he looking at? It's just different. And uh, to me, it would just be smoother. It would just be smoother. And also, it would incentivize the officiating crews to up the ante in terms of level of performance. Instead of an individual, instead of individual recognition, it's a, it's a, it's a, a team recognition. The entire officiating crew is is doing the Super Bowl together, together. That is incentivization 
for outstanding performance. You know, it just, I think it raises the whole boat. You incentivize, not individuals, incentivize the entire group. I think you're going to get better results on a, on a week by week basis with every officiating crew that is striving to be the ones that go to the playoffs and the one that goes to the Super Bowl. We'll see. This was the closest locker room ever. This was more family than team. And we had a chance earlier today before we did the live stream, we had coach Duffner on here and he, so make sure you check that out on in the trenches. Cause he'll talk about that subject. Yeah. Oh, it's but, been talked about Dave for a month. I mean, it, and, and longer than that, this, this football team had each other's back bottom line. I mean, it, it was th this, this team. I agree when you said it was more family than team. Absolutely. And, uh, it, they did not want to let each other down. They did. Nobody wanted to be the one that let the other down. And I think that's why Joseph Asai was so emotional. Joseph Asai started shouldering a burden of, I let my team down, you know, and, and, uh, and then others, um, you know, lifted them up. BJ Hill did a good job of that. Um, Pratt initially had a little bit of an explosion, but then the apology was effective and, there were a lot of guys that were rallying around Joseph Asai. So he felt terrible that, uh, that he'd let his family down, but the family then put their arms around him and said, Joseph, we understand. Don't worry about it. You were, you were trying to make a play. You were hustling. I mean, that, uh, that, that, that was my, that was my big topic. We did we on Bengals conversations at the end of the year, the last week of the regular season, it was like, what, what is it about? What, what trade, you like most about this football team. And that was the thing that I picked before the playoffs started was how this football team likes each other. They want to be around each other. You see them spending extra time uh, that's not scheduled. I mean, it's just on their own. They can't get enough of each other. That, that was special to me. And it was, it was very evident for, for quite a while with this football team. And it was a big factor in the 10 game winning streak for sure. Go back to Yash. He wanted to know if the first star logistics popcorn was a little saltier today after that game. <laughs> Hadn't had any popcorn yet. We did some hot chocolate today. Um, again, the the perks of being here at the first star logistics studios and yeah, everything, I just, everything my, they do for us. Mine was a Diet Coke today. I didn't do any popcorn today. No, no popcorn today, but first star, they provide beverages and uh, they provide it all water, uh, diets, uh, whatever, diets, diet soda, regular soda, whatever you need. First star, they got it all handled. Yeah, and if, if anybody's looking to get in the brokerage business or your experienced broker and you're looking to learn more about First Star in February, well, it's February now or on the 1st of February. I think it's the 22nd, Wednesday the 22nd, if I remember correctly. They're doing an event with the Cincinnati Cyclones hockey game where you can learn more about First Star Logistics. So go to firststarlogistics.com to learn more. And Dave can tell you, Dave's had a long-term relationship with everybody here at First Star, and it's just the place to go. Well, what it is, we're talking about teams. We're talking about teamwork. We're talking about officials as a team advancing to officiate instead of individuals. We're talking about the Bengals loving each other as a team and not, it's not uh, we, us. It's not I, me, I should say. It's we, us. It's about team. That's the culture at First Star Logistics. It's all about team. It's not about I, me. It's about we, us. It's about teamwork. People help, help each other, help each other perform at the highest level possible and if you want to be part of a good team, consider your career to be with First Star Logistics because that's what they are all about.
Ken Ham again. I do believe we can all agree the organization has changed now. We got to keep it moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I th I think that uh, that it's <laughs> when you get a quarterback. It's a quarterback-driven league, and and you paid a price. Paid a price to uh, you struggled, and and the record indicated it, and you ended up with the first pick in the draft, and you get the guy. You get a quarterback, and that quarterback clicks with the with the head coach. He clicks with the offense coordinator. He clicks with the. Uh, uh, the, 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 uh, the quarterback coach, um, then you have a, you have a dynamic that's, uh, that's pretty impressive and they, they are, they put together a, a heck of a, heck of a, uh, heck of a football team, heck of an organization top to bottom right now. And like I said earlier, um, on podcasts and broadcasts or whatever, this has become a destination. Cincinnati is now a destination and, and that wasn't Cincinnati was not in anybody's top five list, you know, uh, a few years back. But right now, the way this football team is playing, the way the culture is in, in, on this football team, and I can tell you for a fact that because I experienced it, players talk. Players talk about their organizations, and they talk truthfully about their organizations. And right now, the Cincinnati Bengals are telling players around the league that, yeah, the rumors you're hearing are true. This is a place to be. And uh, the, the real good free agents out there, I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals are on the list. It started DJ Reader. DJ Reader took a chance. DJ Reader was the first veteran free agent signing that they had back three years ago that was like, wow, that's, that's, that's impactful. That's meaningful. Then other free agents started to follow. And then they started hitting the draft with Joe Burrow being the first pick and T Higgins being drafted and Jamar Chase being drafted the following year. And now all of a sudden, man, you got something cooking. And, and it is now three, four years ago, it was not a destination. Now it is a very, very high destination. Maybe, you know, top five, top three destination of all 32 teams in the NFL. And when you're a free agent, considering where you might want to take your wares. This is going to be a hot topic, I think, all during the offseason. Burrow contract coming up. Do you see a Mahomes-like contract 10 years plus? Well, um, obviously, that is the uh, the thing that you have to get in place, and you can establish your budget accordingly. And all I can say is the longer you wait, the more expensive it's going to be. It's not going to go down. His, his value of his contract is not going to go down next year. It's going to be higher the salary cap goes up. The salary cap went up $16 million for this off season than it was last off season. So everything goes higher, not lower. It doesn't even plateau and stay flat. It increases. I think when the Kansas city Chiefs signed Mahomes, everybody's like, Whoa, right now, there are probably a half a dozen franchises around the league that have great quarterbacks that are thinking, that's a damn good deal the Kansas City Chiefs got with Patrick Holmes. Because, as I said, every year the price goes up. So, yeah, will it be $50 million a year? For how many years? I don't know, about a half a million, or excuse me, half a billion, $500 million, $50 million a year for 10 years. I'm not sure it'll be that high, but maybe. Who knows? But the thing is, if you can get Joe Burrow done this offseason, and I'm sure it's a big priority to get Joe Burrow done this offseason, you establish a budget for everything else. And, and now you have your quarterback, your, your high-performing quarterback, at least under contract. Not a rookie contract anymore. That's why the window 
man, if they could have taken advantage last year or this year and taken it all the way, winning the Super Bowl last year and getting there and winning it again this year, potentially, they came close, didn't quite get it done with Joe Burrow on a rookie contract. Now that he is going to be the primary uh, expense in the budget, you have to set your budget as quickly as you can. Uh, you know, I'd like to see him get it done this offseason and then proceed accordingly. And then, obviously, if that kind of money goes to Joe, they're not going to be able to keep everybody. So if it doesn't, I just I just don't see Joe Burrow doing the Kirk Cousins thing with the Washington when, when he was with Washington, saying, franchise tag me. Go ahead and franchise tag me again. And he played it like a fiddle, made a ton of money and a franchise tag, but it wasn't a long-term contract with big bonus and all that sort of thing. And then after the second franchise tag said, I'm young, I'm still going out there. And he got a big deal with the Minnesota Vikings. You know, Joe Burrow could take that approach. I don't see it, but it's possible feasible. I mean, Kirk Cousins set a path, set an example for quarterbacks to, uh, to repeat if in fact they feel like rolling the dice, the big chance you take when you're in those option years, playing your option out uh, is getting hurt because, you know, it's a one-year thing, big money, one-year thing, no bonus, one year. If you get hurt, you got trouble. We're going to go to Dan the Man. As an O-lineman yourself, Lap, how far are we from having the O-line needed to allow Burrow to fully unleash his talent? And are we? are you optimistic We'll get there next season. They were there this season. I thought the offensive line played well. I mean, the beginning of the year, not so well. Guys were playing hurt. Guys hadn't played at all in training camp. Collins hadn't played with a back injury. Kappa was out with a surgery on on um, on, on the groin area. Um, you know, it's they were they hadn't even lined up with each other. It took a, a minute, but once they got in a rhythm. The offensive line was not a was not a problem. They were executing pretty darn well. And then three of them get hurt. Collins gets hurt again. Kappa gets hurt. And uh, Jonah Williams gets hurt. Now, Jackson Carmen, in my mind, has made it interesting. The last two games of the season, Jackson Carmen played well. You know, now he's, he's saying, I I'm ready. I'm ready to show what I can do. I was a high second-round pick, and here's the reason why. I mean, the kid has got good feet. He's got power. He's got explosion. He's got strength. He's got long arms. He's got a lot of skills, man. He's got a good skill set. And now that he's, you know, the maturation process is is moving along, that's a big part of it, you know, the mental part of it. And uh, he's he's a, a different player in that regard as well. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do at the, that left tackle position. Am I saying they're not going to address the offensive line at all in free agency or the draft? No, not saying that. But I'm saying they were a heck of a lot closer when healthy – when all components, I thought they addressed it big time last year. Three big free agent signings contractually, big ones. Harris, Kappa, Collins, big. Draft pick in the fourth round, started every game. Just played every damn snap for him at the left guard position. Olsen, he's going to be on a bunch of all-rookie teams. They addressed the offensive line. Four new components last year in free agency in the draft, and they were playing well injuries they'll be back though kappa would have played in the super bowl he would have made the dance of the super bowl if they had won against the kansas city chiefs he would have lined up in the super bowl i feel fully confident of that 
Now, I'm, Jonah, I don't think so. But Kappa would have at the, at the right guard position. I put I, I, I ran thing. Yash uh, had a comment. He says, when uh, Lap is not smiling, you know you effed up. <laughs> <laughs> I had to put that up there. No, no, not really. Let's see what we got here. Didn't, you know, one thing about the uh, – I'll talk about the playoff game uh, in one, one way too. Now, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs game, I should say, the offensive line. Did they play well? No. Was part of the reason because the Chiefs are damn good? Yeah. We got to remember, the Kansas City Chiefs led the AFC in quarterback sacks for the regular season, the entire conference. They were second in the NFL in quarterback sacks. The only team that had more sacks than the Kansas City Chiefs, Philadelphia Eagles. They had 70 regular season sacks. The Chiefs had 55. The Chiefs are a good football team. The guy that had two sacks against them had 15 and a half during the regular season. He's a damn good player. You know, did they, did they, uh, and I will give Spagnolo credit because here's what was going on. Talk about they were getting one on one matchups. Yeah, and doing a very good job of it. But they had Jones lined up as a three technique outside shoulder of the guard. And they had the other defensive tackle inside shoulder of the, of the opposite guard. They had the linebacker. So you have four, four down linemen and a middle linebacker. Those are the responsibility of the five offensive linemen. So what Spagnolo was doing. He was putting the linebacker, move, aligning him more away from Jones so the center, Karras, would have to respect. Because what if the middle linebacker blitzed? Because he was blitzing some. What if he blitzed? Karras has to be responsible for him. That's his guy. So Karras had to check that middle linebacker and move in that direction a little bit. And By the time he came back, if the linebacker didn't blitz, by the time he came back to help on Jones, whew, Jones had split him. He was quick first step. He'd split them. So just that little bit of time where, oh, I got I, I got to check that middle linebacker. I can't slide immediately and double Jones. So Chris Jones has got a two-way go, inside and outside. Karras isn't there to help on the inside. And boom, he was he was getting penetration. He was he was he's a problem. He he was a problem for a lot of football teams during the course of the season. Chris Jones. All pro, not just Pro Bowl, all pro. There were 50 votes, 49 out of 50. He was almost unanimous. Kelsey was unanimous, 50 out of 50. Chris Jones was 49 out of 50. Patrick Mahomes was 49 out of 50. They had three players in that football team that were two votes shy of being all three unanimous all pro. Not Pro Bowl, not making the Pro Bowl for your conference, all pro, the entire NFL. The only guy, two defensive tackles, period, all pro team. And he almost got every single vote. Kelsey did get every single vote at tight end. Mahomes got all but one at the quarterback position for the entire league, not just your conference, the entire NFL. Richard's comment basically is with the big contracts coming, do you feel this organization has the right people in place to consistently bring in affordable talent via the draft, or could they use more scouting? And I think they're, honestly, you look at the praise from everybody in the organization, it all always goes back initially to Duke Tobin and his staff, well, how, how they've evaluated uh, the free agents available in the National Football League, the scouting aspect of it. And right now, the coaches 
Uh, we did a podcast uh, that you'll see. We did a podcast earlier today with Mark Duffner, and now they're getting ready for the Senior Bowl. They're beefing up on on uh, prospects that are going to be down there. The coaches are involved with the scouting process. The coaches hit the road with the top talent at each position group that's identified by the personnel department, Duke Tobin and his staff, and they go out and look at guys as well, and then they'll collaborate. And I think it's a good way to do it because the coaches are the ones going to be coaching the, the players. If they don't like a player or a player's personality, whatever the case may be, that's like you're forcing a square peg into a round hole. So I think getting a consensus about a player from a coaching staff standpoint and a personnel standpoint is beneficial. There are a lot of teams in the NFL that the coaches have nothing to do with the scouting. It's like my scouting department is going to provide you the players and you coach them up. Your role is to coach them up, and that's fine. But what's wrong with having some input into – what players you're going to be asked to coach up. If, if the, if the coach isn't in concert with the scout on the talent, then you got to kind of start over again and reevaluate or not go there. Um, so I, I think, I think they've done a really good job and it's going to continue of identifying talent. And like we said before, identifying free agent talent is one thing, getting them to want to come to Cincinnati and play for the Bengals is another thing. It was not a destination. When you're two and fourteen, you can identify anybody you want in free agency. They're not going to come to a two and fourteen football team that's kind of floundering a little bit, huh? But now you got Joe Burrow. In the football team's playing the way it's playing. You identify those people as a personnel department. Yeah, yeah, I'm interested. So it's like, you know, one hand's washing the other here. You need you need both both ends of it, both sides of it. It's, it's like, uh, you know, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Does winning breed the, the closeness, the togetherness, or does the closest togetherness breed, breed winning? Does winning uh, breed you being able to get free agents, or does getting free agents uh, breed winning? Well, it, it's both ways. It, it is. I mean, you have to have a winning program to entice free agents to be part of it. But then you'll find a rare guy like a DJ reader who said, I want to be a guy that is part of the change. I want to be part of, I want to be identified as when I signed, I, the worm turned and he did. Dave, you've been around this organization a long time. Michael Clark basically has the culture in the Bengals organization changed. Is that because others in the organization have more of a role or a say? I do think that uh, that the girls, uh, you know, Tro Troy and, and Katie Blackburn obviously have a, a big say. Mike Brown is 86 years old. Mike Brown is not doing um, anywhere near the amount that he did on a day-to-day -day basis, and, and those roles and responsibilities have been um, handed off to other people. Troy and Katie Blackburn, uh, their two daughters, have done an incredible job, incredible job. The marketing aspect of, of what the Cincinnati Bengals are doing is, is off the charts. Uh, the social media is off the charts. I mean, the, the, the entire organization is, is looked at uh, totally differently. And, and I mean, honestly, it's, it's, a, it's the, the, the fan base of the Bengals when they're on the road, like in Kansas City, it was unbelievable. And in Buffalo, to hear the who days, to hear chants of T when T Higgins catches a football on the road. In, in, in these stadiums is, is amazing. So yeah, the entire, uh, the entire organization 
should take a bow. It is, it's done a hell of a job and the, and the team has responded. You know, it's like, uh, the hand fit in the glove, you know, it's a, it's a perfect marriage there. I know we're not going to get to everybody's comments. We've already gone uh, almost 50 minutes here. Uh, surf Buddha basically says, Hey, lap and Dave B thanks for what you guys do. Your quality. Hey, we appreciate what you guys do. Yeah. Um, we, we cannot thank you guys enough for being on in the trenches and watching the content that we put out. And just because the football season's ended for the Bengals doesn't mean we've ended. We will continue to have content posted as we go through until we get to another season. Cause there's a lot of stuff coming up with the draft and free agency. And then next thing you know, day before we know it, it'll be here again. It'll be camp time. Yeah. Well, you know, you got the senior bowl, you got all these, all these uh, bowl games, you got the draft, you you do, you have the combine, um, you have, uh, you know, mini camps, um, those will, those will all be underway. If the NFL has made itself a year round league, the interest in the national football league is not just in the fall. Now, does it peak in the fall? Oh, hell yeah. But the draft has become almost another national holiday. <laughs> I mean, draft weekend is enormous. P uh, cities are, are bidding big bucks to host the draft, the national football league draft. I mean, the NFL is a 500-pound marketing gorilla now, and they, they market everything as well as anybody, and it is definitely a year-round deal. Doc Holliday says, Dave, I've been listening to you for years. Your enthusiasm and energy for the Cincinnati Bengals always made the down years easier to deal with. Thank you. Doc, I appreciate you. Uh, you're a good friend, and uh, I do appreciate the kind words, sir. Doc Holliday is the man. Dave, I think we're going to kind of end it there because we originally were going to go 45 minutes. We kind of went over that a little bit. We've been here since early this morning putting, you know, some stuff together for the rest of this week. Uh, yeah, we got we got uh, multiple podcasts for you coming up. It's going to be uh, going to be some fun. Jimmy Burrow is, uh, is one. How about Bill Hemmer, folks? Bill Hemmer, the local kid. You know, he's a big, big, uh, big, big broadcaster with Fox News. He does a lot of things internationally, but it all started right here. Uh, Elder High School, Miamiville, Ohio. He's a big Bengals fan. We got him. I don't so, think they understand his background originally was sports. Yeah, he started out uh, WLWT out of Miami and then WCPO. Uh, I, I worked with Bill Hemmer when he was 22 years old with uh, John Popovich and, and Dennis Jansen here in Cincinnati. That was a powerful sports de department. And he started sports and then transformed himself uh, over to uh, a news anchor and then off he went nationally. And man, this guy, he's been everywhere around the world multiple times. He's got a great perspective. He's still a huge Bengals fan. I mean, I ran into him multiple times out in Kansas City. He was with, I can't remember if it was his cousin or his nephew. Uh, they were out there for the football game and uh, and they were they were all over it, man. Bill Bill had all of his, uh, his, his black and orange on. He was he was into it big time. That that, that was a uh, a fun podcast. And then also Mark Duffner, uh, Bengals assistant coach, had been with the Cincinnati Bengals a couple of different times, and and you name it. I mean, he's been he's he. he how about this noise? When he was at uh, Holy Cross, he won sixty games, lost five, and tied one. <laughs> that might be as over ninety percent winning percentage. That might be as as good as there is in college football history at at one institution for a six year period, but. Mark Duffner, uh, he co head coach at Maryland as well. He's he's coached with the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, he's 
he's been around and uh and he's got a lot of a lot of good things to say in, about this football team and and the, and the closeness of the football team and all that too so yeah it's been a great week and uh hopefully uh you you'll enjoy those and then we got another week lined up uh that we'll do it again for you and we want to thank everybody again if and if you haven't done so hit the like button on not only this video but all the videos we have on in the trenches that helps us with the algorithm with youtube also if you haven't subscribed yet please do that way you know when we do things like this you'll get notifications if you hit that notification button as well and it just helps us like i said get reach more and more people the channel's been growing uh, leaps and bounds we can't thank everybody enough i know the, this man I, I get a chance to come in here each week and work with hardest man i've been around work-wise as far as people if they only knew your schedule dave <laughs> i don't know how you do it well it's fun i mean i look at it as uh you know your avocation your vocation your job and your hobby are kind of the same thing it's a it's a grind but i i like it you know joe burrow loves the grind my grind is nowhere near like joe burrow's grind but i like the grind as well and uh and, and once again if you want to be part of a high class team an organization and a team think about first star logistics for your career you can't go wrong all right, everybody, thanks again for being with us. We look for more In the Trenches with Dave Lapham, so stay tuned. At First Star Logistics, we're a very strict company that really puts the pressure on our employees. Brakes? What are those? That's what I'm talking about, Icky. Get the body right, then the mind's right, you know? Yeah. Gotta get that body right. That's right. Yes, sir. <laughs> Become a star with a chance to earn the highest commission percentages in the industry as a freight broker agent. Check out firststarlogistics.com.